0: The World Tomorrow. Herbert W. Armstrong brings you the plain truth about today's worldviews and the prophecies of the world tomorrow. I've had many meetings with heads of nations all around this world, and in these meetings I discuss with them their problems, and especially the world problems of peace, international problems, and of the world in general. You know, we live in a world that is an unbelievable paradox. We're in a world of awesome progress, awesome accomplishment in this 20th century, especially, and yet a world of appalling evils. And I think that never before in world history has the world been in so much trouble, and has it been plagued with so many evils as it is right now. Almost nobody is contented or happy today. Everybody is out to get all we can get. People are interested only in the physical things that don't make them happy and that don't bring contentment. And they don't know why they're unhappy. They don't know what is wrong. Half of the world is illiterate. Half of the world is living in abject poverty, filth and squalor, and yet some of the world is living too rich with so much that it makes them unhappy. It's a terrible paradox. Now world leaders are saying, and world-famous scientists have said, that they feel the only hope of any solution of our problems in this world would be a great one-world government to rule and govern over the whole world. Only one military force. And in such a government, even that would not be necessary. But in the same breath, they say it's impossible for man to ever get together and to organize such a government. Such a thing, they say, would be absolutely impossible. Now, that is the subject that I do talk to them about and that I want to talk to you, and that I have for the whole world, is the subject of, what about the world tomorrow? Why do we have that as the actual title and the name of this program, The World Tomorrow? I have good news for you, because there is good news coming. There is a better world coming, but the world doesn't understand it and doesn't know how it will come and why. Now, a noted religious evangelist said one time, that the solution to all problems, personal or uh, international, or world troubles or otherwise, is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the solution. Well, now, was he right? If what he meant, and I think he meant, was merely people saying, I accept Christ as my personal Savior, the answer is no, he was not right. That will not solve this world's problems millions are confessing that they accept Christ they receive the whole world is out to get not to give to appropriate to take to receive but just receiving Christ alone is not enough but I wonder have you heard about Christ when they preach about Christ And they preach how wonderful it is to know Christ. Have you heard them say that Christ was born to be a king, that Christ is coming as a ruler to rule by power and by force and to bring us peace and to force this world to be happy even when it wants to do the way and live the way that is making it so unhappy? You've heard very little about that. How many religious evangelists are proclaiming a Christ as a world ruler instead of just the Savior that you accept as your personal Savior? As a literal world ruler, setting up a literal world government to rule all the people and all of the nations literally on the earth. Why have you not heard the real gospel of Jesus Christ? The gospel of Jesus Christ is the message The message Jesus Christ preached. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the message Jesus Christ preached. And the message that he proclaimed was the good news, or the gospel, of the kingdom of God. Why haven't you heard more about the prophecy in Isaiah 9 and verses 6 and 7 in your Bible? A prophecy about Jesus long before he was born. For unto us, and this was spoken to ancient Israel, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government, now speaking about government, and it's speaking here of world government by force and power, to rule, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government, emphasis on government, and peace, and bringing peace, if you will notice, there shall be no end upon the throne of David, and upon his kingdom. And the throne of David was in Jerusalem, Palestine, on this earth, to order it, and to establish it with judgment and justice from henceforth and forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. You don't hear that proclaimed very often. You merely hear about Jesus as a Savior, and if you just confess Christ, if you just receive, you get, you appropriate Christ, you'll go to heaven when you die. My friends, it's a great deal more than that. And many are being duped and misled on a false Christianity and a false religion. What is the gospel of Christ? What gospel did he preach? You find it in Mark, the first chapter, verse 1, and then verses 14 and 15, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and then coming to verse 14, Now, after the John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye! You don't hear much preaching about repentance, my friend. Just accept Christ. That's all you have to do. So they tell you and so they mislead you. Repent ye and believe the gospel. Now that is the message of Jesus Christ. After the crucifixion and the resurrection of Christ as is known in history, uh, Jesus Christ ascended to heaven to the right hand of God the Father at the throne of the whole universe of God in heaven. And he has been there as the high priest over his church these last 1,950 years. But Jesus said before he left, as you read in John 14, John 14, verses 2 and 3, he said, I go and prepare a place for you. And if you understand place, it means a position in government. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. He said he's coming back to this earth again. And he's coming as the King of kings and the Lord of lords to rule all nations. Why don't we hear that proclaimed a little bit more? Why don't we? Then I want you to notice now next in Acts, the first chapter, and in verses 9 to 11. At the time Jesus Christ ascended to heaven, and when Jesus had spoken these words, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by, uh, stood by them in white apparel. Now they saw him go up, literally. He went up literally. They saw him with their own eyes, and notice what was said which also said, Ye men of Galilee, Why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come as ye have seen him go into heaven. Now, I wonder how many believe that Jesus is only coming just invisibly and mystically in men's hearts. That doesn't mean any real coming you see, the angel said, He will come as you have seen Him go. He will come as you have seen Him go. He is coming literally. And now looking to Revelation 1 and in verse 7. Behold, He cometh with clouds. Now, that's the way He went, and that's the way He's going to come, with clouds. And every eye shall see Him all over the world. Every eye shall see Him, And they also which pierced him, they will be resurrected and see him in the resurrection. And all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him even so. Amen. Now, why can we have no peace until Christ comes? Why is it men cannot bring about peace themselves? Why must Jesus Christ come and compel people To be happy compel people to be contented to be joyful to be prosperous to be properly educated to have everything that is needful why why can't we do it why do we have to have it done to us my friends why is it not uh, just a preaching about accepting Jesus as personal Savior and no more is necessary to bring peace, that will never bring world peace by itself, my friends, if you don't go further. Because you read in John, the third chapter, and the 19th verse, and this is the condemnation, said Jesus himself, that light is come into the world. Jesus is that light. In him was life and his life was the light of the world and he said this is the condemnation that light has come into the world. He brought that light himself with his truth about the gospel. And men loved darkness rather than the light because their deeds were evil. And because their deeds were evil, they didn't love the light that would tell them the cause of all of the wrong effects that were having. They wanted to go on causing the troubles and then hope that they wouldn't have the troubles. And that is the way mankind has ever been from the foundation of the world, ever since the first humans, Adam and Eve. It has been like that. Now, just accepting Christ alone is not enough, and it's about time that many people wake up and realize how they have been misled and how false Christianity has been proclaimed. You read in Luke 13 verses 3 and 5 where Jesus said himself, I tell you nay, but except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. Now what does that mean? Change your mind. Think different thoughts. Live differently than you've been living. Change your lifestyle. Repent. Repent of what you are. Repent of what you have done. But people still think that they have not done wrong. People don't know what sin is. They think sin is only doing what they like to think is wrong. And so it is. Sin is the transgression of God's law. I mentioned before how many years ago it was up in Springfield, Oregon. Oh, this must have been about at least 40 years ago. I was in Springfield, Oregon one time, and uh, there was a Los Angeles evangelist up there. He had a tent. He was holding tent meetings, and he had about uh, oh, four or five young men of college age and very well-dressed and very uh, attractive-looking young men Uh, Going around each man carrying a Bible and accosting everybody and inviting them to come to the meetings And one of them accosted me and I said well if I come uh, will your minister tell me that I Would have to repent of my sins and be saved from my sins. He said oh yes, sir. Well, can he tell me what sin is? Oh, yes, yes. I said, well, what is sin? Can you tell me? Can you give me a Bible definition? Just like a dictionary, sin is, and then give me the definition. Well, he says, uh, Christ died for our sins. I said, well, yes, I know that. But what is the definition, and what did he die for? What is sin? Well, he said, Christ died for our sins. And I uh, said, well, um, I know that. But I want a Bible definition. And pretty soon another young man came up and he couldn't answer. And then a third and the crowd was gathering around and pretty soon there was quite a little crowd there. And then one of them uh, brought the minister, the evangelist himself. I said, I think you know the Bible definition of sin. Will you tell us? He was angry and turned and said, come on, fellas, get away from this cry. And so they all walked away, and the crowd laughed and said, well, when someone asks the right questions, they don't seem to know how to answer. And I said, well, I wonder if you would like to know. I I said, it just happens that I have a Bible here in my briefcase, and maybe I could read you that definition right out of the Bible. So they said they would like to hear it. And so I opened the Bible and turned to 1 John 3 and verse 4 where it gives the definition, sin is the transgression of the law. And then you will read where Paul said the law is spiritual and the law is holy, just, and good. But they're trying to tell you that God's law, which is God's way of life, it defines God's way of life, is done away. That is the trouble with modern Christianity, my friend. It's about time we wake up to understand it and to realize it. Now that's not very popular, but it happens to be the truth. And it's about time some of us begin to understand the truth. The greatest shock that I ever had in my life was back in between the fall of 1926 and the spring of 1927 when I saw in my Bible, just the opposite of what I'd been taught in church. Why have people been so misled? Why has not the true gospel of Jesus Christ been preached to people? I ask you why? This voice cries out and asks why. Open your Bible and believe what God says. I don't say believe me. I could be just as wrong as anybody else. Don't believe me. Don't believe the minister, don't believe the evangelist, believe what God says, the Word of God, because the Bible is the Word of God. Now, if you haven't proved that, maybe you ought to write in for proof, and we'll send you something. I had to prove whether God exists. After I had proved that to my satisfaction, I had to prove whether or not the Bible is God speaking, whether it is the Word of God. Now I have proved that to my satisfaction, why don't you prove it to your satisfaction? I don't have to prove it to you because it's going to judge you anyway as it's going to judge me. Christ is the Word and the Bible is Christ in print and Christ is the judge and God has given all judgment over to Christ. All human evils have come from the violation of the law of God. The law of God is God's way of life, it's the way God lives. It's the way Jesus Christ has always lived. It's the way Jesus Christ did live when he was here on this earth. And that is the way of love. And that is the way of God's law. And the law of God is love. Now, we magnify that law. And as we magnify it out a little bit, it is love to God Almighty first. Love to the Creator who is himself love. And who loved us so much that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, not go to hell and burn forever and ever, but perish, but have what? Everlasting life, which you don't have now, whether you think you do or not. God's Word says you don't, but you can have it. You can have it. God offers it to us freely. And so sin is the transgression of God's spiritual law. And that law is love, and it's love to God and love to your neighbor. It's a spiritual law. And I I simply simplify it by the simple word give, and the opposite is get, and the world is living the way of get. That is the way of vanity, and uh, uh, the way of coveting, of greed, of wanting to get, wanting to possess, the way of animosity, Of jealousy and envy against others, of competition and strife, of resentment against authority over one, and of ignoring God, having no love for God whatsoever, just wanting to keep God right out of your life altogether. Isn't that the way most of you have been, my friends? You don't like to hear about God? You don't want to know the things of God? No wonder this world is so unhappy. Until we know God's way of life, the way God himself lives, the way he and Christ have always lived, when it was just God and the Word, before even an angel was created, before any humans were created, before matter was even created, or the whole universe. They lived together in happiness, in peace, and in cooperation, and in love. And that's the only way that we can ever have peace on this earth. Why do we bring and inflict so much punishment and so much unhappiness on ourselves? Because that's what we've been doing, and that's all we've been doing all these many, many years. God is going to have to send Jesus Christ in power, in all the power and the glory of the everlasting God, to compel this world to be happy, to rule the world and to set up a one-world government to do away with politics altogether and to do away with this world's religions. This world's Christianity has tried to do away with the law of God and God's way of life. And God's way of life is the only way that can bring us happiness. And living contrary to that way is sin. And that kind of sin is what has brought on all the unhappiness and all of the woes that we have in this world today. Oh, I could plead, I could shout, I could yell. What good does it do, my friends? People don't want to listen. This is the condemnation, that light has come into the world and men loved darkness rather than the light. Honestly, do you? I hope not. I sincerely hope not. Let's get our eyes open and let's come to a little bit of the truth. Now this world's Christianity is termed in the Bible as Babylon. And you find it described in Revelation 18 and verse four. You will read here where John in vision, hears a voice. He says, "I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, out of Babylon, my people, that ye be not partakers of her sins, and that ye receive not of her plagues. Calling her, calling our people out of that kind of Babylon, and that is what I'm trying to do. I want to call people out of this world's Babylon, this confusion of religion, and get to the pure Word of God and what He says, read your Bible, look into the Bible, don't believe me, don't believe ministers, don't believe the man, because this world has been misled. But believe what God says. Finally, I'll give you what I'm commissioned to do in the 58th chapter of Isaiah. Cry aloud, spare not, lift up thy voice like a trumpet, and show my people their sins Says God, and that's what I've been trying to do, and show the people their sins, but will will you heed? Except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish, so said Jesus Christ. This program is called "The World Tomorrow." The gospel is the good news of the world tomorrow. The good news or the gospel of the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is going to rule the world tomorrow. A one world government. Now what will that government be like? For more information please visit our website at www.coglittleflock.com.